Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? U.S. Open week really shaping up. Ricky Fowler, the ever-popular Ricky Fowler, tied for the lead at 10 under par with Wyndham Clark. What a popular winner he would be. I actually tweeted that if he does win, if Ricky finds a way to win his first major on Sunday at the U.S. Open, what would that do? How many pros would be waiting for him? I think, think about it. It's been 10-plus years. Think, think way back to Bubba in 2012 at the Masters, since he was really prominently congratulating his buddies on, on these final greens. And so what would that look like? I think we might see 30 or 35 players waiting for Ricky because he just he so loved by many of his peers. So we'll see what how this all comes together. Now this is an emergency pod that I'm putting together because I actually chatted for about 15 minutes, walked a hole. He invited me to walk a hole at Bay Hill back in March as we were previewing the Open Championship. The, of course, the Open's going back to Hoylake where it was in 2014, where Ricky Fowler finished second to Roy McIlroy, played in the final group that day as well. There's some relevant stuff here as we go into this Sunday. He talks about playing in final groups, how he deals with that pressure, how he slows things down. I think this is important. It's, it's transferable as to what he's going through right now. We get into swing tips as well, like putting. He's such a good putter, green reader, chipper. There's a lot of good advice about chipping and tempo. This guy's got ultimate tempo that, that we all want around the green. So a lot of interesting stuff from Ricky, but we definitely focus on his experience in the final group, in the final round of the Open Championship, almost winning, of course, close call there in 2014 at the Open Championship. This ended up being a preview that I wrote this week for theopen.com, which you can read on theopen.com's website. Yeah, it's, it's really a lot of fun to have spent this time with Ricky. He invited me again. This is a chow walk and talk at Bay Hill back in March. If you remember that video that I took of him on the 17th hole, this is on Wednesday, right? So it's during the Pro-Am. And he hit that tee shot, and his daughter, Maya Fowler, interrupted him, right? And he had to pick her up and take her over to his wife, who was watching behind, Allison, watching behind the tee box. That went, of course, on NBC on the broadcast on Saturday of the API. And it was just a fun viral video. It's actually got 25 million views on social media when I gave it to the PGA Tour, my friends over there. And on their platform, it's got that many views. It just goes to show you how popular Ricky Fowler is. So anyway, this is a walk and talk, 15 minutes with Ricky. You know, you might have an airplane flying over for 20 seconds of this. So you're going to hear different different things. We're out in the field. We're making it happen. But it was a lot of fun. And, and Ricky, as always, very cordial and great with his time. And one thing I wanted to add, Ricky at this time, in at this point of the season in March, had not even qualified for any of the majors, right? So he wasn't even in the Open Championship that we were previewing, right? He was just gracious enough to talk about it. But either way, he has now gotten into that. Of course, he got into the U.S. Open and has been playing majors this year. But anyway, Ricky Fowler here on Beyond the Clubhouse. You know, it was, yeah, I mean, very obviously different different position, but 
you know, playing alongside Rory, you know, someone that, uh, you know, we're, we're basically the same age and we'd played quite a bit together at that point. Um, so to have some of that familiarity was, was nice, you know, not, you know, saying like, be a little different if you maybe first time found a group with Tiger or something like that. All right. Um, not saying Rory doesn't carry, you know, a presence, you know, he's obviously earned that now, but it, at the time, you know, similar age, and it was just a, you know, I feel like a very comfortable pairing, and we definitely had a good time, and like I said, he obviously just, he played well. Yeah, what did it teach you, just being in that situation and, and playing Lynx golf, something you love so well? Yeah, love Lynx golf. I think a big part with it is is always, you know, you don't have to do anything special, um, and it's, you know, what he did so good that day is just he really didn't make very many mistakes. Um, and yeah, that's for the most part, that's every day out here, but especially final rounds, you kind of just have to stay within yourself. Um, make sure you kind of, it'll feel like you're walking a little bit slower and going th through things a little bit slower, but, um, just cause sometimes you can get going a bit quick in the moment. Right. But what we know about that course, what makes Hoya Lake a good test? What do you remember about the course itself? Uh, you know, I don't remember it a, a whole lot. I remember bits and pieces. Um, I do remember, you know, you, it gives you a lot of options off the tee, but, you know, Lynx Golf and especially there, it's you know, getting the ball in play and, and staying out of trouble, uh, avoiding pop bunkers. Uh, I remember there being a, a good variety of tee shots from hitting irons off tees to driver. And it's much much more about just being in position, like I said, not you know trying to avoid pop, pop bunkers as much as possible and keeping it in the short stuff and just keep moving forward. I uh, try to stay still within my, my game plan. I wasn't you know changing things up a whole lot. It was just going to be more um, you know wasn't necessarily planning on Rory making mistakes. I was going to have to go and play a, a solid round of golf, and that comes down to to making putts. Um, you know if he happened to make you know, a mistake or two, then that was going to end up being a bonus and maybe make it easier. But he went out and played a solid round of golf. So, you know, I just didn't play well enough to put enough pressure on him. But, you know, still a, a solid week and a good finish. So that course, though, what did you think of the finish? You know, you had 18, a dog leg right. You always have the open stands. Um, you know, it's kind of, I guess every open has its own feel to it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no, the finish at an open is always, always great because you have the big horseshoe, the stands, and um, it's, you know, some are bigger than the others and just depending on the venue, but, yeah, walking in there, um, there's, it's, I don't know, it's special. There's, you can't say there's not any finishes like it, but, like, the stadium feel, there's, there's not many that kind of have that. Obviously, the finish at Augusta is special and iconic just because of, what it is and, and that setting going up the hill um, but they do a great job of you know those open you know finishes with the big horseshoe and all the stands surrounding it's really cool yeah yeah because you basically have that big square that was it number three is on the other side of it I believe it was three yeah and there's obviously another hole but you have that par four that's a sharp dog leg and that, that wall cuts out and then 18 that wall would cut out so that'll be interesting Hopefully be there in person and get to see it. Yeah. Well, what was it like missing it last year with St. Andrews? I know you love that place, too. Yeah. Like, how, how much did that bite you, bother you? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it sucked. Um, but it kind of 
you know, comes with the play. Um, you know, over the last few years, I haven't played well enough to be in the position to, to be in some of those big events. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to changing that so I don't don't miss those ones that I want to be at. Mm. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else about Boy Lake that comes to mind. Like anything from earlier in the week as you kind of jockey yourself into position to get in that final group. I mean, what did you make of, of how well you were able to play to, to get to that point? That was a good year in the majors for you, remember? It was. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it was just um, I had a, had a great game plan. I was hitting it well and, and just came down to executing. Um, you know, I was putting it well. Um, did a really good job around the greens. Um, I kept it. It was fairly simple in a way. Um, you know, like I said, you don't have to go out and overpower it and try and hit drivers everywhere. Um, and so I was just able to stick to that game plan that I had and um, just did a good job of executing because there's there's plenty of holes where you can try and push it or, or hit more club, but just um, hit it to the areas I thought gave me the best chance of getting the ball in the fairway and, and going from there. Yeah. And I know you talked about links golf and your love for it so much over the past. Like, what, what is it about? Is it the creativity? Is it just the, the difference in style? Or Yeah, between the, the creativity and just the amount of options that you have, um, the different shots you can hit, very rarely is there a shot that you're up against that there's only one way to play it. There's mm. typically multiple ways, if, if not two to... 10 um you know being able to play the ball in the air um you know on the ground ride the wind hold it against it um, yeah i just i feel like it kind of brings out the the creative side and being able to see different shots and it's yeah. fun when you visualize something and then you actually hit it and it plays out how you thought it was going to yeah. no kill going back there what what do you what did you make of that course and that challenge of oak hill i mean for the most part it's just and i think a lot of pgas they set it up where it's pretty much right in front of you um just a good solid tough test um i know they've taken out quite a few trees there and gone back to i think a little bit more of its original setup um plenty of trees to begin with there but yeah i'd be interested to see it um haven't seen it in 10 years um you're only a little older just just a tad yeah you got a got a few years on it but no that's a that's a good place that i feel like has stood the test of time it's an older venue but um they've been able to modernize it here and there and you know it's it's not going to be easy that's for sure yeah and then five quick tips on different aspects of the game. You're playing a pro-am now, so you see how these amateurs play with driving. What can we do better with driving? Driving, I think one of the things is people try and hit it hard, which is a good thing. But if you don't know where it's going, it really doesn't matter how hard you're hitting it. So, yeah, driving, swinging within yourself, figuring out the, the straight ball first before moving on from there. What about as we get into greens? I know it, it's target golf when it's iron play, right? But what would be your advice for weekend golfers with irons? Uh, middle of the greens always good. Um, not that they necessarily see or face pins in corners like we do at tournaments and stuff like that. Um, another thing, you know, I think accepting how far you really hit shots or how far you carry them and not trying to, you know, hit something too fall, too hard thinking, oh, I've hit six iron 191 time, so I'm going to hit six iron from 190. 
little hero um, ball yeah yeah so it's you know being realistic um yeah like middle middle of the green is always good i think starting simple you know getting the ball in the fairway start hitting a lot of greens and then you can start trying to improve from there um you know if you're just swinging hard and missing fairways and missing a lot of greens it's going to be an uphill battle bunker play like what, what could we how can we be better with our accuracy in bunker play uh bunker play there's there's a lot of stuff there but um open face so you are exposing the sole or the bounce of the club uh, ball position is going to be very forward if not on the front foot um, and then the big thing with that once you have the face open is having a, a weak left hand grip for a righty whatever your top hand is needs to be in a, in a weak position so that um, as you're coming into the ball you don't have really the ability to turn your wrist over which then turns the club down and the leading edge is exposed to the sand and that's where the, the digging comes from. What about uh, green reading? Yeah, I know it's easy to make a mistake for us playing a break, but typically what's good advice on green reading? Uh, green reading's tough. I mean, there's there are different systems that can be somewhat taught and learned to simplify it between uh, aim point and vector, which can be a good, good spot if someone's not very good at reading greens. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't use any of the systems. I've always been a, a pretty good green reader myself, but a lot of it's just kind of training your feet and your eyes and repetitions and hitting putts. Mm. Um, you know, there's devices that um, you can use to, you know, roll the ball. Because if you're hitting putts and you think you're starting the ball at a certain point, you might actually be starting it higher or lower um, than you actually think. So um, that. I don't know what some of the devices are called, but being able to roll the ball and see, you know, exactly how high or where it's starting and getting feedback. Um, but yeah, it's really, really just reps, you know, putting yourself in situations and trying to test yourself like, all right, this looks like it's two cups out and whether you roll a ball or, you know, place it on one of the devices or hit putts to make sure you're starting it online, but then to, to see if it, you know does the break that you're thinking it was going to do hmm. um, the other on top of that is you have to practice speed as well because if your speed's bad um, it doesn't matter how good your reads are um, you got to match be able to match the speed and the read right uh, chipping what, what do you typically notice with chipping do we need to just like don't hit the ball don't help the ball up in the air for the most part or yeah I mean yeah you'll see that people try and flick at it or use their wrist to try and help the ball in the air um, a lot of times with chipping it's you know you want your your lower body should be fairly stable your head's gonna be your head's not gonna move a whole lot until you're after impact um, oh. Oh, cool. on out. Um, <clears throat> some I would say a lot of times you sometimes you see people go like probably a little too short of a backswing and try and accelerate uh, versus it being a little bit more of a good tempo, um, kind of however fast and however far you take it back, that's where your speed's coming from. Um, very similar to a, a putting stroke. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of tempo and rhythm with that. So like on basic pitch shots, you know, however far you take it back and how fast, that's basically what you're going to be putting back into the ball. Um, as soon as you start changing 
the speed um, kind of throws off the connection of the, the hands and the club. I'll let you put it. Thanks, right. man. Yep. All right, my thanks to Ricky Fowler for jumping on the pod. We'll see how Sunday goes for him. Regardless, great week and great effort for him in the U.S. Open and a lot to look forward to. He's qualified for the Open Championship, looking ahead in England, back at Hoylake, where he made a big run in 2014. So we'll see how Ricky does. Hope you guys had a blast, and uh, may the best man win at the U.S. Open.